All right, so horrible news that came out this past week about the Cathedral of Notre Dame in Paris. Uh, catching fire, horrible stuff, and it lasts a long time. It it has wild, wildly terrible damage associated with it. And there's a lot to unpack about this. But the first thing is to say, of course, it it, it awakens the prediction that we made some time ago about how one day, in, around the year 20, what, what what did we predict? It was it would have been about 2030, the year 2030 or so. Uh, if not sooner, that uh, Notre Dame would become a mosque. And I still believe that, by the way, uh, provided that Notre Dame will one day become, uh, will get renovated for whatever reason. But that's another story. The issue today is about so many things. I mean, I I don't even know where to begin, Ari, uh, when it comes to Notre Dame. First of all, was it arson? Was it a Muslim-inspired attack? Was it... What was what was going on there? We believe, both you and I, that it was, in fact, intentional. Now, whether it was some sort of atheist, some guy who had it in for the church for other reasons, or a Muslim attack, or something other attack, I don't know. But it seems to be intentional. And the reason why I say that is, is many-fold. One is that they immediately, even before the fire was out, they immediately ruled out arson. They ruled out the, the, the possibility of it being intentional. Like, that, that is so absurd to me. That's like, uh, you know, in the middle of a bank robbery, they decide, okay, uh, you know, there's no, there's no robbery going on here, right? Um, it's, you know, this is a country of, of Inspector Clouseau's, you know. <laughs> they, they, can't, they can't possibly know the right answer here within such a short period of time. Really? You're telling me that they had these inspectors while the fire was going out? Okay, well, we're ruling it out. So that was weird how quickly they did that. The second thing is the spread of the fire. It was so extensive so quickly that uh, it, it just defies logic that it would have been the equivalent of somebody dropping, or let, let's say uh, tapping a cigarette, having a cigarette, and boom, you know, suddenly it, uh, it catches fire. All right? If that were the case, you would expect it to be a, um, a fire that, that would be contained, maybe even a big fire, but still contained in a small location. That wasn't the case, of course. Um, likewise, if it uh, was uh, intentional, sorry, if it was not intentional, if it was just a kind of random event, um, then what they're saying is, well, gosh, the the church was so brittle, it was so fragile, it was old wood, you know, ready to go up in flames any moment, just the right conditions. Oh, I see. So for the entire 850 years of its existence, it was, it was under these same conditions. But today, today was the day that the conditions were just right for it to, to, to go up in flames, right? Okay, so I, I don't buy it. Okay, it, if it was a new, like the collapse of that bridge somewhere in Florida, right? It was, it was ready to rock and roll, and then within a week, it collapsed. Okay, well, that, that was a structural issue from the get-go, right? But you can't say Notre Dame had a, a structural issue if it was around for 850 years, or that it was, you know, firewood ready to just go up in flames. I don't buy it. Okay, there's a lot of issues there. Um, and so, so these, are, these are some of the other issues. And there was another issue that we, you and I discussed, Ari, over the phone. What, you know, why? Oh, of course, the obvious one. There were 875 attacks in, uh, against churches in France 
in the year 2018 alone, and something like 75 or so, or if not more, in the past month. So, and then there was the burning of the uh, Saint-Sulpice uh, Cathedral, also in Paris, uh, less than a month before that. So, and all of a sudden, we have to rule out the possibility of arson. Why? <laughs> Isn't it more likely than not that it was intentional? I mean, I, I think you, you need to rule out the possibility that it was, that it was accidental, if anything. So I, I don't buy it. So these are issues about the Notre Dame the church the issue. Now, then it brings up much bigger issues. So Macron, the president of France, says, oh, they're going to renovate and they're going to rebuild Notre Dame. Uh, and it'll be a long-term project, of course, but it'll take about five years, and everything will be great. To which I say, why? Right? I mean, they'll all say, well, because Notre Dame is such a great symbol of, of France and, and such like that. Oh, okay. You've yeah, got it, was, it was in Ratatouille, don't you know? <laughs> That's right. Uh, I, I agree. It is a symbol of France. The, the historical France, Absolutely. But there are many other symbols of France. There's, of course, the Eiffel Tower. There's the uh, Arc de Triomphe. Um, there, there are a lot of, uh, the Louvre, of course, and many other museums. I mean, it's a beautiful, Paris is an amazing city of monuments. Why, why Notre Dame? Why, why does it have to be only Notre Dame all of a sudden? I, I don't buy it. Hey, look, I, I, I think we need to renovate Notre Dame for sure. But I say why to you Frenchies? None of you are, are, are Catholic anymore. There's, it's not a Christian country anymore. You're letting it be completely overrun by Muslim immigration. Uh, you, you don't, atheist, the atheist population is very high in France. I've done research on this. And they, they poo-poo all religiosity. You think, and, and people don't go to churches anymore in France. They're closing down churches uh, you know, like it's going out of style. So, and in, in some countries, in, in Holland in particular, uh, church attendance is so poor and the churches are so empty that they're converting them into museums or into skating parks, indoor skating parks. <laughs> so, I mean, Notre Dame, of course, is more famous than most churches there, but, I mean, you might as well make it a museum. Here is a, a great cathedral that was built 850 years ago, and... It, um, it, it represents the way people would pray to this thing called uh, God and uh, his son, Jesus Christ. Okay? And here are all the monuments. This is how they, they went about it. Isn't this interesting? They could, they could study it historically. But to say that this is a centerpiece of French identity, I don't think so. You're 100% wrong there. Not you, Ari, but I'm uh, saying you know, to, to believe this is, is wrong. Uh, so it, it makes me sad, of course. To me, Notre Dame is, is not just the loss of uh, an, an amazing cathedral. I've been there many times, and I love it for its artwork and its historical significance. But i, I got to tell you, it's, um, it's a loss not, not just to Catholics. It's a loss not just to Frenchmen. It's a loss to, to me as a Jew. It's a loss uh, to Western civilization. So... I applaud Macron for trying to renovate it and to immediately take action right away. But look at, look at how quickly people have forgotten this, this story. I mean, it's now literally four days from the day of the fire. And I have yet to see 
a single article about the Notre Dame fire. You look in today's paper, Wall Street Journal or otherwise, and you will see virtually nothing, at least certainly not on the first of the front page, um, relating to the news of the, uh, the latest developments or investigations into the Notre Dame fire. To which I say, isn't that interesting? How can that be? The world, one of the world's most iconic heritage monuments has almost burned completely down to the ground, and we're not talking about it as we did talk about 9/11. 9/11, you know, it's two world, the World Trade Center buildings. They were, you know, they they were only 30 or so years old, even less, and they were taken down. And we talked about it for for months and then years, and we still talk about it. 9/11, but but when it comes to Notre Dame, oh, okay, man. Moving on. And I, I, I don't know that the French really care about it. I, th- I think that's the reason why. And what if they, what if they did? Let's, let's, let's unpack this for a second. What, Ari, if they did investigate this? They said they're going to do an investigation. Okay? But the investigation is to find out you know, which worker left the cigarette butt you know, on the floor, which then, of course, caught fire and spread as it did so maniacally and devilishly across the, the Grand Notre Dame Cathedral. That's what they're hoping to find. But what happens when they find, or if they find, some sort of accelerator substance or device, meaning gasoline or some sort of uh, remote control issue? What happens then? What does Macron do? Think about it. If, if they find evidence, let's say even in some sort of manifesto, in a fireproof casing of some kind, saying, ha-ha, we did it. God is great, you know, and this is on behalf of all the Muslims out there who seek to destroy you, and this is just the beginning. You know, this is going to happen to all the main uh, cathedrals and all the great monuments. We are out to destroy you. Let's say they found that, something like that. What do you think the French government would do? Not a damn thing. There you go. I, I was hoping for a meaningful pause there, but you're 100% right. Well, I just filled it in before the audience could <laughs> go through their pause. Yes, exactly right. And the media would not do a damn thing or right. tell you a damn thing. Oh, no, I mean, no. It's, it's the last thing. And, and I'll tell you why. The answer is nothing. They would do nothing. And they would do whatever they could to suppress it. In fact, wouldn't that be consistent, Ari, with the entire modus operandi of the European countries? When it comes to Muslim attacks against their societies, generally speaking, or when it comes to rapes, for example, yeah, when there when there was a huge rape, uh, uh, sorry, uh, about Cologne on New Year's Eve, yeah, Cologne, right. The first thing they try to do is try to shut it down uh, that it was some sort some sort of Muslim issue, uh, or when what happened in um, in England with all those rape gangs and the rape grooming. Rotherham, uh, the Rotherham scandal. Yeah, the yeah. Rotherham scandal. Uh, and Tommy Robertson, Tom, what's his name, Robinson? Tommy Robinson. Yeah, Tommy yeah. Robinson, was, when he's trying to cover the Muslim gang rapes that were going on yeah, as Muslims. Yeah. yeah, they wanted to make sure that he doesn't discuss the fact that these were Muslims. You know, why is that? We'll get to that in a moment. But the last thing I think the French government, because the French, you know, obviously are dealing with a far greater proportion of Muslims in their country than any other European country. So what happens if you tell 
uh, the 90% of your population that is not Muslim, that uh, 10% of the population, 10% of the population is trying to destroy their very culture, and trying to destroy all of their history, and trying to impose Sharia law upon them. What happens then? Um, they it might change who that 90% votes for, and it might change the attitudes of that 90% into a direction in which they may conclude that diversity is not their strength. <laughs> well, you're in a room now with Macron, okay, and his cabinet ministers, whatever the equivalent is over there, and they say, Mr. President, we have a problem. Uh, it is quite clear that there is a Muslim behind this attack. And what do we do about it, sir? Uh, we will recite the Shahada. On, <laughs> uh, we will put on a hijab, go on TV. We'll do what the girl running New Zealand did. And we will do a de facto conversion of everyone in New Zealand like she converted them all to Islam. We will convert. This is what Macron would co- conclude, not us. Macron. 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 Go ahead. Um, and uh, we'll go on, on TV and we'll appease those Muslims by reciting the Shahada and I'll wear a hijab to show my solidarity with their diversity and we will uh, help convert the yeah. other 90% to Islam so that the 10% finally love us. Right, so, look, I, I know you're being cheeky on that. No, I'm not. I, I, no, no, I'm no, actually no. telling you what I, I know, know they you, would you, do. You always say that you're not, but you are being cheeky. Look, I, I'm going somewhere different than this because the last thing they want to do is to bring up the fact that this might be might have been a Muslim attack because it would require action on the part of the French government. They would literally have to unwind so many things that are going on because they know better. They know exactly what's happening. There, you can't have 875 attacks on churches throughout France and, and proclaim that this is not some sort of worrisome concern. It is. And, and so Notre Dame is, is the ultimate symbol of uh, cathedrals in France. I mean, and for that matter, in the world. And, and, to, and if, if you actually showed that it was a Muslim attack, what do you do then? What is the, there, there's only one call that you can possibly do if, you, if your investigation concludes that, in fact, it was a Muslim-inspired attack. What does that mean? You're going to have to completely undo everything and, and, and then say, okay, we got to rethink our whole immigration policy. We have to think our whole education policy. We have to rethink about what, we, what it means to be French. What, you know, we have to rethink about God. It, it completely, it, it's far too much work. Do you understand? Yeah, that's, Donald, Donald, that's, Donald Trump might get elected president of France. Right, exactly. If that. That happens. Well, that, that's a political issue. I'm, I'm yeah. simply saying what this means. What it would mean if they discovered that this was a Muslim-inspired attack. Yeah, it would cause and again, the entire I'm, ship of state to have to pivot at a very acute angle. Right. And if, if the other body politic issues Macron is dealing with right now are those uh, vest de jones, the yellow vest protesters, yes. which I'm not sure are Tea Party-ish or Antifa-ish or God knows, you know, it's convoluted politics. And right. That. But the point is... Those protests are anti-Macron, anti-French government, and they're at the point where they're using tear gas and live bullets on them. 
Right. Okay. It's bad. So you can imagine how that would grow in intensity and fervor and possibly result in, you know, French Revolution Part Two if this kind of thing came out and it became clear to the average French voter that the that the government has been complicit in making the country turn into this over the last 30 years. Well, exactly right. The, the, um, the yellow vests issue, um, and I think they call it les, les vestes jaunes. Uh, jaune means yellow, but... Um, yeah, you speak French, me not. Yeah, yeah. I know jaune means yellow, but I had no idea how right. to say el vesto. <laughs> There's the, le maillot jaune, which is the, uh, the yellow vest also when it comes to the winner of the Tour de France. He gets the, the yellow vest, but I don't. I think they have a different word for that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is that these yellow jackets, uh, the protests are really big, and they are consistent every week, every weekend. They 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 fight and they protest, and these are middle middle income people that that uh, that these are not union strikers or anything else like that. These are not transportation issues. These are not educators. These are regular Joe Schmoes who are really pissed off at what the government is doing and how they are taxing them too much. There are big issues involved. And going back, back now to Notre Dame, so here comes Macron saying, we will renovate this, this beautiful cathedral and spend the appropriate you know, billion dollars or so to do so. And they're saying, the, the Yellow Jacket folks are saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. You are going to renovate this useless cathedral where... It's only a tourist attraction at best, and nobody's religious. It means nothing to us. But you know what does mean something to us? Our baguettes, our, our eclairs. Yeah, our pensioner our, yeah, check each week. Yeah, our, our, uh, our uh, what do you call it, uh, coq messieurs. <laughs> we, that's what we need, okay? I, I, and you are taxing us beyond belief, and then at the same time now tell us that we have to pay for this Notre Dame thing that means literally nothing to us. Yeah, that's going to be interesting conflict. So it's only going to accelerate, to use that word now, uh, the problems between the French government on the one hand and the Yellow Jackets on the other. Uh, this is this is going to be a big issue. So and, and look, France is all about suppression of information, and so is Europe to a larger extent as well. But France in particular, you don't hear very much about the Yellow Jackets because France really has a monolithic news agency system. So they report what they want to report. The Notre Dame thing, of course, they couldn't uh, ignore. But now they're trying to suppress even that as well. You, you hear very little information about that. So Yeah, I'm sure I'm, this is sarcastic, but can you imagine the top story in the French news agencies and newspapers this week was Notre Dame for three days and then the report de Muller, right? <laughs> Muller. <laughs> That's very funny. And that's not an excuse to transition to as a subject. Of course not. But, right. you know, at that point. But it, it, they'll throw anything to end that. And, you know, it's a lot like September 11th. Because if you notice how September 11th worked. Um, mm -hmm. Go ahead. Uh, I'll turn that for you. Um, around November 15th of 2001, all the footage, there started to be this outcry that we're showing that too much. Right? Right, yes, yes, exactly right. And of course the media did that as an excuse to not show it at all. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. And what happened? Well, the never forget became, hey, let's forget. Right. And so by learning from that with Notre Dame, 
forget the cause. The fact is, it's a galvanizing moment moment for all of Christendom worldwide to say, hey, we're losing something important here. Maybe we should return to the flock. So instead of six weeks, three days, and it's gone. Right. Three days. Three days. It, it really is remarkable. Yeah, and, and I just want to, before we get down the road too much, let's go back to your opening statements because, you know, I assume, not being Catholic, just from general observation, there is only one cathedral or location that's more prominent in all of Catholicism than Notre Dame, and that has to be the collection of buildings at the Vatican, St. Peter's, Sistine Chapel, etc. So assuming that's the most famous, most prominent, the if you will, the, the temple mount of Catholicism, Notre Dame is the Medina, you know, or the second. Yeah, you know, I agree. There is no more famous place of Catholic anything than Notre Dame other than where the Pope lives. Yes, the Vatican. It, that's how serious this thing is. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and to think that, well, that would mean that it's priceless, meaning so valuable we can't even denote a price. And to think that they just put up scaffolding and didn't have 24-hour-a-day security... Well, not on just the a, grounds, yeah. people making sure that they didn't put some oily paint tins okay. next to so an electrical not only outlet. That, not only that, but it's not just the security for uh, wanting to avoid people from coming in. Because let's assume for the sake of discussion for the time being, and I'm going to get to this, that this was an unintentional uh, mishap, a negligent mishap. So, so the security should be all there. And if it's negligent and it's just a mishap, then, then of course it's not an issue of somebody... Uh, in, infiltrating and purposefully igniting something with an accelerator, right? So that's not the issue. What, but but it, it begs the question, and Dennis Prager brought this up right away. The first thing he said, listen, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but, uh, but th- there are some serious questions about it. But let's say it's negligent. Then when you're dealing with something as profoundly historical as the Notre Dame Cathedral, you would think you would have checks and balances and everything else. This is not something that you would pick up some guys, you know, some Mexican guys <clears throat> on, in an alley from Home Depot, you know, to, to help out, you know, fix these things. You know, you, you're going to have guys that are very, very experienced. They're experts. I mean, almost every person working on that Notre Dame Cathedral should be a PhD professor from this or that university, Right. And and that think of them like astronauts in space, right? You you, they're all, but basically what most astronauts in space are doing are they're just mechanics now. They're just fixing the space shuttle, or, or rather the International Space Station, and that's that's what they do. They're just mechanics. Yeah, they change bolts on satellites and stuff. Right. You know, but they require the PhD necessary to get up there. The same sort of thing should be when we're talking about dealing with the uh, the Notre Dame Cathedral. Every single person there should know everything unique about uh, Notre Dame. There should not be any rags hanging around. There should be protocol up and up, up the wazoo. But if it was unintentional, if it was negligent, something negligent happened. Right. Their, and, their and, official story is that some sparking of electrical outlets. But, you know, I see like some electrical outlets in this room, Right. Right. I'm just wondering, Brock, why aren't you storing your oily rags and old paint next to your electrical outlet? I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it doesn't make sense. You know, no, everyone, you know, 
involved in the preservation of such things, from the Hollywood sign to the Golden Gate Bridge to Notre Dame. Right. And, and Golden Gate Bridge and Hollywood sign are famous that everyone who works there, that, who, does the, who does the painting, they all know everything about it. They're all background right. checked. People understand those are targets right. <laughs> for wrongdoers, and there are safety measures in place. So for this, none. And it, it's just so cockamamie. Let's just assume their story is correct. Okay. Oh, we store some oily rags next to an electric outlet. Whoopsie. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah, well, you would never do that if you intended to keep the place safe. Exactly right. Now, it just is... it just can't happen. Yeah. So here it is. Uh, this. This is from the Express in, in England. Uh, Notre Dame fire, cause of devastating blaze revealed by the French police. And uh, it says the subtitle, the cause of the cat- catastrophic Notre Dame fire has been identified by investigators, a police official has said. And the reason, as you, you, we just uh, alluded to, was that there was an electrical issue. Okay. And they don't talk about... Um, where where it was, what the unique part? They just speak, you know, very elliptically, very generally about some sort of electrical issue. Like, okay, well, this begs the very question we were talking about before, which is, how can this be? Where where a simple electrical issue can can cause this? You would think that they would make sure that there would be no no um, sudden sparks or overages in electricity. I, I don't get it. I don't buy it either. It doesn't make sense. They want to make it more of a. They want to make it an un, unintentional act. They want to make it a negligent act. I get that, but uh, it does not make sense. It just doesn't make make sense because they're not telling us the specifics. They're not telling us who was responsible for it. They don't talk about where in the Notre Dame church it, it was actually happening. So um, it's it's nice that they suddenly say they have uh, the the cause of it, but it sounds to me. And again, maybe I'm being a little bit uh, conspiratorial here, but it sounds to me consistent with the French government's desire that it be an unintentional, negligent act. And that's what they've got uh, the fire people to say. So, uh, because the, the, to say that it was a Muslim-inspired attack would be, would be devastating. It would be devastating to the whole country at large. Can you imagine if, if they were able to show that it looks like there was a Muslim-inspired attack here, uh, what that would do to the whole country and what it would require of the Macron government to turn, as you say very well, to do an acute turn uh, of this huge uh, ship called France. They, they, they just couldn't do it. So uh, that's what's happening there. And I, it, it's very disturbing to me. Uh, I, I'm not uh, willing to buy it yet. I find it to be uh, very unacceptable. Now, having said that, you do not hear uh, any claims by Muslim terrorist groups, for example, that it was uh, their doing. ISIS did. Did but, it? But they claimed, you know, that their operatives did. But they'll claim if you stub your toe on a leg, I know. they'll I know. So claim that's a, you, can, you can only so. take it so seriously. Yeah. Uh, but you would, you would expect ISIS, for example, to have some video ahead of time saying, we plan to burn the Notre Dame Cathedral on such and such date. I think they did. Before? Yeah. But, they, but, uh, but again, that's grain of salt territory because they've, they've threatened to burn down this office along with every other building no, on Wilshire no. Boulevard what, what, here. No, Not I, specifically, but, you know, it's like they've, they've, they've said we're going to destroy everything everywhere. Right. And, I, I don't know that it's a Muslim-inspired attack in the, sense, in the same sense that ISIS would have organized it or al-Qaeda 
or any other uh, you know classic Muslim terrorist group. But I, I do I do think that there was some sort of hatred going on here, and it might not have been Muslim, by the way. It might have been an, an atheist, uh, for all I know. But I do know, more importantly, that it's far more likely that it was intentional than not intentional. I mean, seriously, you're telling me of all the countries in the world, here's a country where there have been 875 intentional acts against churches. Of arson. No, not, not, no, not just not arson. arson. No. Some of them are, are just defacings. Oh, okay. The des- uh, it's just the aggregate number of desecrations. But yeah. there's a lot of them that are arsons. Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of them are arsons. And, and, but this one's unintentional. Mm. Right, okay. Yeah, and this is the, the ultimate target. And you're telling me that this was unintentional. Right, okay. Uh, I, I, so it's, it's hard for me to, to believe it from a, from a sheer probability point of view. That's it. It's a little bit like the argument that people make about God, generally speaking, right? You know, all of that we see here, life and intelligent life, no less, and all the perfection of our planet in the solar system and so forth, that all happened randomly. It was all a a great coincidence, right? (laughs) So the same sort of thing here. This is unintentional, this fire. Never mind that there was, it was, uh, all these fires were happening at the same time, okay? Um, It's a little bit like, (laughs) <laughs> like a bank robbery, you know, there's, there's 10 guys robbing a bank, all right? Ocean's Eleven, if you want, okay? But, but they're all robbing it at the same time, and uh, they catch all of them, and uh, one guy says, oh, this is just, it just, it, it happened to be that I was dressing up as a bank robber for Halloween, you see, and I just happened to be near this bank. So it's just a pure coincidence that this happened at the same time. But I, I have no intention of, of robbing this bank. No, no sir. Come on. I mean, where's, where's the, the cynicism going on here? Don't, don't you think that people ought to be asking these questions that we're saying? This is, not, this is not so odd for me to point this out. This is not conspiratorial on my part. This is logical on my part. We, I think we should be assuming that there was intention here rather than that there was no intention here. I, okay. And I don't buy anything the French government says. Of course not. You're talking about one of the juiciest targets in an ongoing religious war, and we're just supposed to ignore that possibility, right. not default to that possibility right. uh, first? And th- this is a country that suppresses information constantly, right? I mean, the Yellow Jackets, you don't hear anything about them at all because it's the last thing that, that they want to report. No, no. When we see pictures of the police beating up an old woman... Right, a yellow jacket, and I mean picking out the old woman because the old woman is the easiest to beat up. It's our alternative media in America. You know the Glenn Greenwalds, the Julians, the Sages, the Breitbart's, the Drudges that gets it out to us, and those sites are blocked on That's the right. internet in France. It's, I mean Europe is now about to get worse than China as far as the <laughs> lack of dissemination of, of non-government friendly information. Well, here's another example. Anti-Semitism in France in particular. There's plenty of that going on. It's all coming from the left and, or from the Muslims in particular. And uh, that's, that's the last thing you'll hear from the French government. Yeah, so and, they, they assume that nothing's happening. And I'm fact. so glad you bring it up because you know what I'm seeing all over the internet? Stories about how Historically, Notre Dame was the center of the anti-Semitic universe. Oh, yes. As if some French king who lived in the year 1350 has an effect on me as a Jew today. Right. It's a soap. Right? As If if I can't differentiate 
the value that Catholicism has brought in the long sweep of history to me and the progress we enjoy today versus the, the failings of people who, by comparison to me, were primitives. Right. Exactly right. It's a, uh, it, it, it they, they they fail to see the the big picture. They want uh, Notre Dame to be pristine and perfect uh, before they will accept it as a major monument, uh, and somehow this is great payback for the anti-Semitism of Catholicism, or uh, particular Catholicism, uh, and and it just it just it's silly. It's it's retarded to think this way. You know, you might as well say, well, because you know Atlanta, no doubt had. Uh, some slave, um, uh, you know, auctions, right, happening right there in the middle of, of Atlanta. But therefore, you know, we should disregard all of Georgia, all of the United States, for that matter, because you know it, it, there, there was some slave holdings there. There were historical wrongs. Yes, and, and there were two articles that were shocking to me. One was in, by I think a guy named E.J. Dixon from Rolling Stone. I don't know if he, Barack was on vacation a couple of days, so he uh, you know might not have gotten to this, but it was an interesting summation. Uh, this guy basically his thesis was that because of all of the burdens historically that Notre Dame put on us. When we rebuild it, we should reconstitute it as a place that's inclusive for all. Oh, Read mosque, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, it, he makes the argument. I mean, he doesn't say mosque, but we know that's where that would go. Mm-hmm. But he talks about being a non-religious space. Wait a minute. Is it a cathedral or is it not a cathedral? Right. That's a very good point. Right? That'll Making be very interesting. it a museum by definition destroys it as much as making a mosque would. You know what? We may be more right about our prediction that it would become a mosque one day than we know. Yeah. It may very well be that. They may very well say, you know, the Muslim community would be right to say, hey, look, you know what? We need a lot more room. We'll, we'll take this over. Oh, w- yeah, we'll wouldn't, this, this. wouldn't this be a perfect thing for, for the Muslim community to say, look, we'll make it as beautiful and pristine as possible. You won't have to spend a dime on this, Okay. We'll take care of it. We'll provide all the security and everything else. Uh, just let us take it over. Right. And we'll still respect the architecture. It'll still be beautiful. Sure, maybe there will be less reference to this Jesus fellow of whom you uh, revere. But um, it'll be good. It'll be nice. And it'll be just as much of a tourist site as it ever has been. Right. Just you wait. It'll be bigger and bolder and better than everything, anything that you ever saw before. Yeah. And, of course, Disney stepped in with a large donation and big stockholders of Disney are from a country called Saudi Arabia. Right. Right. And and what if, what if they started talking exactly like we're just talking about, like that it needs to be more inclusive, that it it should not be, you know, this big monument to Catholicism, you know, what with France being a, a much different country than it was 850 years ago. So, uh, so that to be reflective, who's going to fight for Catholicism? Who's going to fight for it to remain the Catholic institution that it has been for the past 850 years? A Frenchman? Really? You're counting on that? Or, or, or can I go one better? Uh, it certainly isn't going to be an, Art- uh, an Argentinian, co- Argentinian communist who's sitting over as the, the bishop of Rome. Yeah, it's He's not doing it, – it's not in his Koran to do that. No. Right? No, no. And so you're absolutely right. And then the other stories – and it's in parallel how this, this media sort of push and pull cycle is working like a two-stroke engine. On the one hand, you have E.J. Dixon, I think the Rolling Stone author of that thesis saying it needs to be more inclusive, make it a religious space 
basis, you know, just not what we need today, right? A spiritual As place, if the yeah. last 30 years of race is 2,000 years of, you know, post-Jesus Christ history. On the other hand, there's all these stories going around, and they make good points, but they're absurd in the, in the face of all the contingencies and what's really happening. Uh, the article I saw is, Jews should not be shedding a tear for the demise of Notre Dame. And it goes on to talk about all those things, you know, uh, King Louis IX did. Yeah, <laughs> you it's... know, and it's like, and, and how the statues represent anti-Semitism out front. And, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, it's a lot like tearing down a uh, statue of Robert E. Lee, you know, right. in, in you know North Carolina or something like that. Right. Like, well, what did Robert E. Lee do to you? Yeah, you know, there's well, two but, statues out front <clears throat> about perfecting Jews into Catholics from, you know, 600 years ago did nothing to me. Listen, the <laughs> fact that, that there was anti-Semitism uh, anti from Christianity, that's a, that's a truth. However, there's a difference, and this is what people fail to realize time and time again. There's a difference between uh, anti-Semitism being institutionalized as a church doctrine versus some Christians who decide to be anti-Semitic and, and, and get drunk and, and, and then become and do anti-Semitic things. There's a huge difference between the two things. Never was there a Catholic doctrinal uh, push against the Jews. Never did the Pope uh, issue an edict saying, let's destroy all the Jews. What happened at best, and, this is, and, and that's really reaching, my friends, uh, the, the notion of the Inquisition, which had nothing to do with the Pope, that was um, the, the Spanish queen deciding that she's going to do something wonderful by getting rid of the Jews. But by the way, she was getting rid of anybody who was not Christian. It wasn't just targeted to Jews. It was also Muslims too, but anybody who was not a true Catholic and such. So that, you know, let's take, I'm not saying it's a good thing, um, but I also am saying it's not just an anti-Jewish thing. No, these were religious wars from hundreds of years ago that if these leaders did not win, their head would be on a pike. Right, exactly. So their their actions are understandable. And also, just look at the how politics works today. I mean, I, I, you know how you talk over and over again that you see how things are today, and then people assume that it was never like this, right? Because we hear in America, well, politics was never this divisive. But, you know, we look at, like, the, the story of Hamilton, and you go... Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Of course right? It was. It was worse. Yeah. Hamilton versus Thomas Jefferson, those dudes got nasty. It was right? far more vicious back yeah. then. And um, so we're supposed to assume that political rulers from, you know, hundreds of years ago were supposed to be just so virtuous that they didn't have their own political squabbles, that they didn't have to do things to make the body politic be swayed one way or another for their own political survival for whatever reason, right right or wrong. And we're just supposed to ignore all that, even though our ancestors were potentially victims of those political leanings. You know, and, and we're just supposed to say that those political squabbles have a direct effect on us today. So the, the point is that they seek perfection in the past, which, of course, can never be. That there's no institution that is perfect. Uh, the, you know, even, even Judaism, the, you know, we're, we're devout Jews, both of, both of us. We, we love Judaism. We love our history. We love being Jewish. But by golly, we can look back on our own Bible and see all the terrible things uh, that, that some of our, our people have done, including King David, right? And Moses, for that matter. How about the golden calf? The golden calf. 
So the, the point is, there's a tremendous amount of things. I don't want to drill down on this, Ari. I'm simply saying that there's every religion, every group of people, every nation has done imperfect things, have done bad things, have... I mean, America with slavery, America with the Native Americans, if you like, America with, I don't know, you know, with the Japanese internments. I mean, there's tons of stuff that America did, but there's tons of far worse stuff than, than that the Europeans did. Uh, something called, it ends with ism, I think it was called, something about the, starts with an F. I, I don't know. Uh, fascism, I think it was called. Yes, that's right. And then there was something else called com, com, commun, communism, communism. That's the word I was looking for. Yes. Right? If these things are far worse than anything America ever did. You, get, you, you judge people not based upon whether they were perfect. You judge them based upon the, relative to other human beings. That's what you do. And you know what? As a Jew, as a devout Jew, uh, I can tell you, and I'm very comfortable saying this, thank God for the Catholic Church. Thank God for Christianity in general. Thank God for the Mormons. Thank God for so much of what Christianity has bestowed upon the planet. We would... We would not have our democracy today, but for Christianity. And I say, when I say Christianity, I mean all of Christianity. We just wouldn't, right? We, we, we have America today because of Christianity. And, you know, which was largely informed from Judaism, which is wonderful. But come on, let's, let's take the, the good with the bad. How about that for a change? Instead of always assuming the bad. Take the good with the bad. And you have to accept it. But they never want to look at that. So... Uh, that's not the subject of this of this podcast. The podcast today is about Notre Dame and what it means. The significance of this will echo for the for years to come. And I do predict at this point, since Notre Dame uh, will be there, I do predict at some point it will become a Muslim center of of worship. Whether by way of what you're describing, Ari, that it become this sort of spiritual center uh, that eventually gets lost because. Let's face it, French people are not spiritual. Muslims are spiritual. Muslims have their faith. But the French people, ha! <laughs> or shall I <we> say, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, the Muslims are fighting for their They're faith. They're fighting for it, of course. And the, the French are apathetic. Yes. So who's going to win? Who's going to win this one? I mean, it's, and, it, and it's a simple economic decision. You, uh, and, and it's a space consideration. There's so many more Muslims coming into the country. They are very religious. They say, hey, look, your, your churches are all empty. You know, let, let us take care of this for you. We're, it's all good. You know, you want us to pray out in the streets? Okay, we'll do that instead. Oh, no, you don't? Want, okay, so let, let's take your churches. Okay, we'll make them to mosques. Not every single one, but, but a lot of them, yeah, sure. And this Notre Dame thing, well, we'll make it beautiful. We'll take care of it. Let us do, do it for you. Yeah. Let, and things they're are, having children and raising their children religiously, and the Catholics right. aren't right. doing either. So here's a takeaway from this. If it is indeed a five-year plan to fix and renovate Notre Dame, do not expect for a moment that it's going to look the same exact way that it did uh, you know, this past Sunday. It just, it just won't look the same. It'll be a very different operation. They will change it to have different meaning associated with it. They'll be much more inclusive. I think, that, I think that's a, a very easy prediction. Uh, and, and they'll say, why not? They'll say, this is wonderful. This is an opportunity to reflect the ever-changing demography of France. And for that matter, Western civilization altogether. Things are going to be better now. We're going to be inclusive. So, uh, and, and, that, and that you can take to the bank. What you can also take to the bank is that they're not telling you everything when it came to this, to this fire. Something is missing. 
and we're going to find out about it, and it's going to be a big freaking lie. No less than the big freaking lie of when Comey came by and said, those emails, oh, that was just negligent. That was just extreme carelessness, right? We know, we know that there was much more to this than them simply, uh, with the emails, that it was simply uh, a question. Hillary's emails. Hillary's emails, that it was just her being negligent. Of course, that she, she merely opted for convenience, to use her phrase. No, there was something much more nefarious about that. And it doesn't matter what you, James Comey, or what the Democratic Party might say all about this. The fact is, we know. And the same thing is true with Notre Dame, that we are being played. And I, I don't like it. I just want the truth. All that we care about is the truth. But the French government is, it has never been famous for telling us the truth. America has, but not the French government, not the European government, who wish will stop at nothing to, uh, to, uh, to, what's the word I'm looking for? To eviscerate any connection between terrorism uh, or, uh, and, and Muslim immigration. It just, right, just recently, for example, the, um, Europe has now required England that it report that, that when any time there is a, a, an attack that appears to be from a Muslim, um, that they don't mention that it was a Muslim who initiated the attack. They are not allowed to do that. Yeah, they have to say it's a guy named Steve. <laughs> yeah. right. No, they can say, you know, a, a, you know a, a man in his 20s or a group of men in their 20s, you know, uh, did this uh, attack, a gang rape or, uh, an ex, a, you know, a terrorist attack, but they can't say that they were Muslim. Right. And, and the reason I bring up the names is because normally the names is a pretty good clue. Yes. You know, Hafez Muhammad al-Shabi <laughs> is probably a Muslim-sounding name, right? right. Uh, not that I'm concluding anything. And they do the same thing in America media. Now, without government dictate, but you know, uh, there'll be uh, a report. Um, yeah, some uh, lay was beheaded in a mall in uh, Oklahoma. What a shame! Um, the suspect <laughs> was a male in his twenties, uh, college student. That's um, terrible. We're looking for more, and then like a week later, they'll say his name is Hafez Muhammad Al Shabi, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, I know. And you and I went, ah, oh, I knew it. Yeah. But then they'll say. Uh, but we don't know what his motivation was. Well, the theory is, and the reason why they're doing it is that by announcing that it was would be um, that it's a Muslim-inspired attack, a terrorist attack, for example, you know, random terrorist attack, whatever it might be, that you would then be inspiring other Muslims to do the same thing, and so they're they're helping. You see, oh, they're, they're helping yeah. curb terrorism in the future by refusing to give life. To the fact that it was a Muslim-inspired attack. I see. Okay. Oh. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, that, that really helps a lot, my friends. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and how is that curbing the terrorism? Can you, can you show me the connection? And by the way, how did you decide that? How did you decide that this would, would, it would stop other Muslims from, from making that association? Well, uh, the way I usually hear it, not to jump in or cross my, out of my boundaries of this show, well, a lot of times... Nothing has ever stopped you before. So well, you know. I, That's why how facetious that statement was. Uh, it's normally some Muslim activist from a university, BDS, Student Justice for Palestine, BDS movement, you know, kind of professor who usually comes up with that. Right. So we're taking the advice from a Muslim expert who knows that Islam is a religion of peace, but can become less peaceful if the Muslim sees there's more violence out there. So, you know, it's, it's because sad. it affects Muslim self-esteem. And then when they don't have their self-esteem, they get violent. But they also get violent when they feel too much self-esteem. So 
Anyway, diversity so is our strength. <laughs> so, so in conclusion, <laughs> diversity is our strength. So the French government, once again, like the rest of Europe, pees on your leg and tells you that it's raining. Okay? It just ain't so, my friends. They're peeing on your legs. Don't be fooled. Ask a lot more questions. The questions that we're asking, it does not make sense that it was unintentional, that it was a merely ne negligent act. It's possible. I'm not saying that it's impossible. But the, the, the numbers don't add up. The probabilities don't add up. Nothing of this makes sense. So with that, we bid you adieu. We say, this is Brockler signing off, and we'll talk with you next week. Au revoir.